0: Good morning, Randall here, Big Ball of Twine podcast, episode 51, talking today about thoughts that we take for granted, thoughts that bang on our brain door with two fists, trying to get our damn attention, and we take them for granted, or we ignore them, we deny them. So let's strap in and see where that goes. Well... Here this morning on this beautiful morning sun is coming up crows are making noises Sun is uh, amazing it's bright orange in the east and it's passing under some clouds making the sky dark above it and in the west and in the west the sky is also orange where it's hitting clouds on the other side of the sky supposed to rain like a lot the next couple of days here where I live. It has rained a lot here this winter which is great but it also has its issues. Our ground is soaking wet and we will probably have flooding in and around my area today. Today I wanted to come back to one of my standard topics um, and that's about our thoughts, our believing in our thoughts, our um taking our thoughts for granted is really sort of what this is about, and the idea that we don't um, question them. We don't We don't even really notice them a lot of the times. We just react to them and move along in our day. And I think that that is so important to talk about because it is in that reactivity. That we act out of our wounding, out of our unawareness, out of our sleepiness, out of, as the Buddha said, the sand in our eyes. He said that we don't see the world properly because we have sand in our eyes. And what he meant by that, I think, is that we don't look properly at what's happening. We don't look at reality as it is. We look at reality through our filter through our thinking that filters everything we see and do. So let's start there. The thought that, the idea, the notion that when we see something out in the world, anything, any input we take in, we run through our filter. We run it through our filter of lifelong experience, um, whether that's good or bad it's an experience every time we do something we have an experience we file that away that's how we become afraid of things right let's say um, some people are afraid of heights and some people aren't you might be afraid of heights because you had a scary situation on a ladder when you were a kid or you saw a parent fall off a ladder or You have some other fear that is somehow related to an experience. You might not even know you have that fear. Um, That's how wounding works, is sometimes we are wounded in our younger years, and sometimes we don't remember it, and sometimes we do remember it, but we deny it or we suppress it or we just minimize it. that wasn't a big deal that I was bullied my entire life as a kid which seems like a silly thing to say um, but I'm aware that that is what I used to say I used to minimize those experiences minimize the abuse I suffered as a child um, not just from other kids but from my parents and my brother and so When we have an incident or a thing happen to us, we have our data bank, our memories, our experiences to filter that new experience through. And that can be difficult because we may or may not notice that we're being reactive to something. We haven't listened to that thought, right? We have sand in our eyes, dirt in our eyes. We don't see reality. We see what we think we see. And so when we think we see something, we then react from that thinking of what we thought we saw. So basic to me. It seems so basic. And yet it's really hard to notice and learn to embrace that learn to understand it was difficult for me to learn to understand and and assimilate that thinking that that every single thing in my day that I watch see notice is running through my filter not your filter not my mom and dad's filter not my boss's filter my filter so when something happens and I react to it, it is uniquely my reaction it is only my reaction to that that thing that happens that I'm reactive to. Like being afraid of heights, like um, being fearful of loud noises, um, whatever that thing is that triggers the reactivity, we often are so unaware of it. And we might be aware that like loud noises, we know where it came from. Maybe Um, you had an experience where oh here's a good experience I was in a car accident when I was a kid I was about oh 15 and I was sitting in the passenger seat with a I had not I had not gotten my driver's license so a friend of mine drove us everywhere Um, Rick was his name and he was driving and we were going from one skateboarding place to another eating food uh, along the way it's funny that I remember that detail really well like it was really important at the time that I was eating Um, and I had my food in my lap and I had my head down I was eating we were waiting to turn left at at an unprotected intersection Um, no left turn light to protect us and there were three lanes the two lanes closest to us were stopped and left a gap for my friend Rick to go through but the far left lane of oncoming traffic, the far right lane of that that traffic, um, was empty. And he went. And as we got to that, you know, across in front of that lane, in that split second, a VW Bug came barreling into my lap, basically, going about 50 miles an hour. Which seems pretty insane. All the cars around this woman were standing still and she was ripping down the right lane at 50 miles an hour If she was doing, I mean she wasn't speeding much I think the speed limit might have been 45 there, but <laughs> it was not wise to be going that fast but it's not her fault and it really, really was Rick's fault, he shouldn't have turned there anyway the sound that that made uh, the sound of that car hitting the right front corner of the car I was in right at about my knees and the jolt of it my head broke the window out on the right-hand side of the passenger side window and then bounced back and hit Rick's head um, on the other side that sound um, anything that sounded like that for a long time was startling to me and also it instilled in me uh, trauma a trauma wound. And so, to this day, if I'm a passenger in a car and someone is turning left in in front of oncoming traffic, I have some anxiety. It used to be really difficult. I would push both feet into the floorboards and grip whatever I was holding on to tighter, and my whole body would tense, and I'm quite sure my heart rate went up and my blood pressure spiked, and um, and I kept it to myself. Because that is... The thinking, the recall that I had, I would get in that situation um, where I would be in the passenger seat of a car turning left and I would find myself living through that filter again, through that traumatic event, through that wounding of being hit. Uh, Luckily, I only had a a gnarly concussion and um, if we had been there I don't know, a tenth of a second later, um, she would have ended up hitting me square in the shoulders and and waist and hips and probably would have killed me. Um, so I feel lucky about that. That's in my filter, too. I feel fortunate and lucky that that didn't kill me. So like I said, when I experienced that situation again, it's it's not nearly as stressful as it was. I did some EMDR around that. 45 minutes of EMDR man that stuff is amazing I strongly recommend it for traumatic issues Um, and I've said this before you don't have to know what the issue was you don't have to be able to remember it you just need to be able to get to the feeling of it the experience of how you feel about it the emotion that comes when you feel about it this one is pretty easy I could put myself back in that situation and and work through the reactivity of that and now I now when I talk about it it's uh, I think I've said this before it's a lot like me telling you a story about going into this 7-Eleven and buying something and coming back out it's its a non-event I understand how strong an event it felt like and occasionally I still have that visceral um, visceral heart rate change or the the feeling like I need to grip the seat or something that does come up occasionally, but it's not paralyzing, and I don't want to um scream. <laughs> I don't want to um like get out of the car and and wait till we get to the other side, and then I'll get back in the car kind of thing. It was pretty awful for me, but it's not anymore, and I've said this before about e m d r there's There are miracles to be had there. There is healing to be had. You don't have to believe in it. You just have to walk through the process and be open to it. Open to speaking your pain. You have to speak your pain. Um, And you can work up to it. You don't have to like walk right into the fire. You can spend a little time working towards stepping into the pain of that. And then you don't have to do it anymore. You can reprogram, re, retrace the neuro, neural pathways in your brain to um, have a different response to that. So I offer that to you, as I have before. Um, so when I started, I was talking about taking thoughts for granted, um, got a little off track there. That happens when I'm out here on my walks, get a little off track, I stay on the path, this path, that I'm on, physically on, But I sometimes wander while I'm talking. And that's part of why I do these, because mostly what this is about is our thoughts and what we do with them. So I think we, generally speaking, going through life, we take a lot of our thoughts in the day for granted. And that's there's probably a biological need for that. We can't stop and think about every thought we had or we wouldn't get very far in our day. We do tend to live our lives on an autopilot state, automated responses to certain things. Um, It's important that we don't soak in everything, and we would be overwhelmed if we soaked in everything. So our brain does have a built-in filter that sort of uh, gives us tunnel vision to the important things. So the tunnel vision a good analogy, it keeps a lot of the extra stuff out of our consciousness, out of our awareness, so that we can do other things. Um, and I know that has a biological and um, evolutionary need. If we, if we took in everything around us, we would probably never procreate, and the species would probably die off, because either we wouldn't procreate or we would die because we were thinking about our thoughts and not going out and getting something to eat and drinking water. But there's value in looking at our thoughts and taking a moment to pause and, and listen to what we're hearing and question where they're coming from, where those thoughts are coming from, especially repetitive thoughts. If you have a repetitive thought, um, a discursive, repetitive thought, It's there, I think, to tell you you need to look at it. And if you're pushing it down, that's a clue that um, there's some work there to do. There's some interest to be taken. Like pain. Pain is a big, giant, waving flag to get you to pay attention to whatever's hurting. A thought is a type of pain. It is telling you, asking you to look at it to acknowledge it to, to understand it and to resolve it because unresolved thoughts unresolved issues cause us suffering cause us pain and suffering in this world we don't deal with things and we continue to repeat these things and we continue to suffer in the same way over and over and over and over again I know from experience that's how that goes So taking a look at our thoughts is super important in my world. Taking a look at my thoughts and noticing when I'm having a reoccurring thought and noticing how it's trying to get my attention. It's it's trying to get me to not take that thought for granted. And another part of me wants to take that thought for granted. So we have a contradiction in how we think part of our mind is trying to get our attention it's jumping up and down it's screaming it's setting fire to the neighborhood it's ruining our lives we might say or driving our decisions just being rather annoying Um, and it is um, important to notice those thoughts and honor them because they're working hard But why is it that our brain, another part of our brain, doesn't want us to do that? Why is that that the other part of our brain might be looking like it's trying to protect you from that thought? Might be um, rationalizing, oh, we don't have time for this, or that's not important, or it's not as bad as that person, say, it's suffering and pain, or, or we just like eat it. We just, comes up, we swallow it it comes up we swallow it we just don't deal with it and why is that? why do we have that contradiction? now I don't have a physical reason I don't I personally think that the brain is so incredibly complicated that um, understanding the biology the neurobiology doesn't help me for me Trying to be a scientist about this is just another way to to avoid my thoughts. That is one of my ways that I would avoid my thoughts. So rather than deal with the pain and suffering of my thoughts, maybe I can find the biological or neurobiological reason, the neuroscience behind it. I can spend years trying to be a better scientist and solve this problem. And at what end, what would the ending be? okay so we understand where our thoughts come from maybe what would we do with that information would we so, make a better pill that blocks those out would we I don't know what was what often what I wonder is what's what's the end game what's the gain what's the payoff right so the payoff for me to spend a lot of time not thinking about my thoughts and thinking about how my thoughts might be mechanically working, the payoff would be I don't have to look at my suffering. I can just avoid it for years. And it it looks really noble, right? It looks really, um, in this culture, that would be a noble um, endeavor for me to look for the answer to something in a scientific way that is a noble response in our culture. Um, and so I choose a different way I choose to simply notice where my thoughts come up where they tend to try to drive me in my world and then I listen to them and I work with them I try to um, be gentle with them notice them notice that they're, the thoughts are suffering in a way that they're trying to get me to notice my suffering And I still have those thoughts I take for granted. Um, You know the old adage, you don't know what you don't know, right? I'm sure I'm having thoughts right now in the background of my mind that I don't know are discursive or repetitive or hurtful. Or sending up flags that, that the thoughts are hurtful, right? It's not uncommon in my day for me to have thoughts that are disruptive to me. Thoughts that make me Want to notice them? Thoughts that are um, in the background making me angry. In the background, building up anxiety. Thoughts I'm believing to be true. Assumptions I've made from reality around me that make me feel suffering and and pain and discomfort. It's a common experience for all of us, I think. Our days going along, and we think about. Uh, it's funny. Things pop in our head, right? You like, like a song pops in your head from 1972, and you're like, I haven't thought about that song in 40 years or whatever. These things keep coming up. Now, is a song that jumps into my head there to uh, help me heal? It's quite possible. It's quite possible that my mind is taking me back to that time, in hopes or in speculation that I might notice the connection between that time. That song and some suffering I, I lived with, I experienced some wounding that happened in that time. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying I don't necessarily subscribe to the world that says our, all thoughts are meaningless. I think we have to be careful to put too much meaning on every single thought we have. Uh, I think, again, we would get bogged down and we would just sit in the corner and drool in a cup. That's not the purpose of what I'm talking about. The purpose of what I'm talking about is to notice, first of all, how our suffering drives us and then also what we can do about it. What can we actually change in the world? What can we do about the suffering? So... I I've, I notice that I have certain thoughts that are um, similar uh, or repetitive and I notice that they're trying to tell me something and I ask those thoughts literally, maybe sometimes out loud, what is it you're trying to tell me? I sit down I quiet my world and I ask myself what are you trying to tell me when you bring up these thoughts? What is it that you need me to deal with. doesn't always happen the first time, but sometimes it does. And maybe it's because I'm more practiced at it. Sometimes I don't even have to do the quieting and the question, it just kind of comes to me. And then I can work with it. I can listen and understand it, give it some compassion and empathy and understanding, some care, notice it, and then decide what I want to do with it. Is this bringing up some trauma that I suffered? Um, Is it bringing up guilt, Uh, shame? Is it bringing up things in me that I want to deal with or that I'm avoiding dealing with? Because I'll tell you what, if you have a thought that you consistently pack away back in your backpack again, in that long bag we drag behind us, as Robert Bly says, If you have a thought that consistently comes up and you consistently shove it back down in your backpack, that is a thought that's screaming for you to help it see the light of day, to bring some clarity to it, to understand it. Taking our thoughts for granted is partly a tool that helps us through our daily lives and partly um, a form of denial. It's a fine line there. And sometimes there's not a fine line. Sometimes I think about a thought and I'm like, man, I've just been packing that away for years, and now it's time to do something about it. I was... um, Well, I was date-raped in my early 20s. And I know that people say, oh, a man can't be date-raped. Yes, he can. By a female, I was date-raped. And I packed that away... Within minutes of it happening, I packed it away. And only about three years ago did that come back up again. That was 30 years later. It was always there. But so strongly I felt the need to pack it away that it did not come back up again. I knew at the time what had happened. I look back now and I know what happened. I know how it happened. It filled me with shame and guilt and fear and I knew I couldn't tell anyone because back then the culture was hey you got laid man good for you that's not how it was that is not at all how it was and I did some work around that a lot of work around that for a period of time and I did my EMDR and I did journaling and I listened to the thoughts and I honored them and noticed what needed to be healed and it's part of a bigger picture of allowing people to abuse me it was part of a p- bigger picture of bullying in my life it was just another way that I was bullied um, and I packed it away I chose not to go there and that's what we do if something happens and we pack it away and then when the thoughts come up we either don't listen or we do well that's I've always had that thought we take it for granted right and we don't honor our experience and then our experience keeps banging on the door with two fists trying to get noticed and you just keep watching TV or doing your science or um, reading or drinking or smoking something getting high you keep ignoring the two-fisted banging on the door that your thoughts are your thoughts are two fists banging on the door trying to get noticed even the like ones that you think aren't a big deal are there to be noticed all of your thoughts at some level are trying to be noticed they're trying to get your attention two fists banging on the door Trying to get your attention, trying to get you to notice, to understand, to listen, to honor, to heal. They're asking you to heal them. And like I said, one part of your brain is banging on the door with two fists. The other part is you is like, nah, not so much. Got other things to do. Don't want to. Don't need to. Don't have to. Don't even want to think about it. Don't need to think about it. Don't even know you should think about it. Just wanted to share that with you this morning, about taking our thoughts for granted, about noticing them, about how our thoughts are sort of tricky. They're very tricky. They want us to notice them, and another part of our brain's like, not so much. Please do not notice that thought. We have other things to do. We have other things to distract us so we don't have to go there. It's a difficult place to be. But you can get through that. Trust me, you can walk through that. You can look at your thoughts. I love this. One of my therapists early on... Um, or maybe I read it. don't remember. doesn't matter. One of my early teachings in, in this process was that... Um, was that thoughts don't kill us. The thought itself doesn't kill us. And what we do with it could possibly kill us. We could do self-destructive things we could get ourselves in positions of dominance or um, let the fear drive us into submission yeah the reactivity to a thought could kill us but the thought it's just this innocuous neural pathway event in our brain that then we run with in whatever way we run with it so much all I had to say today about that it'll come up again because my thoughts are always coming up so are yours so take notice take a few minutes today tomorrow when you feel like you're ready to start noticing the ones that bang on the door with two fists that are desperately trying to get you to pay attention they're begging for your love and your affection and your sympathy and your empathy and your noticing desperately wanting you to help them and then take notice of how the other part of your brain is like not so much buddy Mm-mm, don't do that no we got other things to do we got we got thinking to do we got doing to do we have other things to do so take that in today and um i offer that there's a lot of healing there for you as there has been for me So I'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. Just want to remind you that as you leave, to hit the subscribe or follow or whatever button your software has. So you can hang out with me and listen when you feel like it and be alerted when When I stick something out there you might want to listen to. If you have a question that you'd like me to address, maybe on the podcast or maybe just privately, send an email to BBOTpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming in and listening. I hope you have a great day and I hope you treat yourself and others kindly.